Hello, this is Josh Banner, and you are listening to The Invitation. Greetings to you on this Good Friday 2021. It has been way too long. I am overdue in getting some podcasting in. I would like to apologize, especially to those of you regular longtime listeners. It is a gift to have you on this journey. And I don't take it lightly that you would return and join me here for this update episode. So I apologize for disappearing. It has been, let's just say, a crazy year. I have very small, highly emotional children, and I am not quite a stay-at-home parent in the full sense, but I do offer lots of the at-home care, and uh, my children have not fallen very far from the tree. They are emotional little creatures just like I am, and uh, it has just been very difficult to do much of anything. And I am aware that you likely are in the middle of your own trials, your own troubles. When we look at the numbers of over half a million people have passed away in the United States alone, when we think about the political strife, the divisions that continue to widen in the church, there's so many ripple effects of pain and confusion. It is fair to say that we are, as a culture, enduring a kind of trauma with many different types of layers. And I'm aware that the invitation could have been a consolation and help to you during this difficulty. But as I continue to develop the invitation and serve, I am committed to not pushing myself beyond my own inner resources. I've spent way too much of my life in ministry giving and serving, even to the point where I've become an empty shell standing on a stage wearing a guitar, singing songs, trying to help people experience the presence of God, but yet a broken person myself. That was me um, up until 2013. And as I sink into spiritual direction and contemplative spirituality, I cannot ask you to rest and to find your inner help in God if I am not living from a place of health myself. So there is so much to catch you up on, so many details and stories of goodness that I'd like to share with you in an update episode. So uh, please stick around before I get to those details. I'd like to offer you a meditation for our Good Friday. What I'd like to offer is a reading from Father John Bear's genius little book 
Becoming Human, Meditations on Christian Anthropology in Word and Image. Father Bear was previously the Dean of St. Vladimir's Seminary. That's the premier Eastern Orthodox seminary here in the United States. And in the last recent years, he has moved back to the United Kingdom and has a post at the University of Aberdeen. And I mention that here, if only to say that he is academically, intellectually, something of a, of a monster, something of a bear, a large footprint, um, erudite, astute, translating the work of Irenaeus. And then in this little book, he has condensed all of that work down into the most accessible vocabulary and then presented it in a small format and a meditation style that I would highly recommend to you. This little book has been a big help to me during our Lent. And this all sounds rather intense. And of course, it is intense. But I want to say that this is fitting for us here in the beautiful intensity of Holy Week. And the passage that I'll be reading from, Father Baird unpacks St. Maximus the Confessor's theologically weighty idea that through Christ we can utilize death for the sake of our freedom and life in Christ. What Maximus is saying is that we utilize Christ's power of putting death to death through the tool of death. That is, of course, a rather hefty idea. So I'd like to read this meditation in the careful, slow pace that we've been using here in the invitation guided meditations so that you and I can both further sink our hearts and our minds into the resurrection power of Easter, the resurrection hope of Jesus, even in the face of many layers of confusion, even in the face of racial strife, political strife, divisions in the church, divisions in our families, sickness and death, None of this has power over us. So Maximus lived in the 6th and the 7th centuries. We could think of him as an early church father who interpreted the earlier church fathers for the sake of upholding what we understand to be theological orthodoxy, especially when it comes to the divine and human nature of Jesus. Maximus is often known as the theologian, and he is venerated as a saint both in the Catholic and also in the Eastern Church. I mention that because 
I would like to encourage a deep spirituality of study. This is an unapologetic use of our minds to think rigorously, but not at the exclusion of our prayer. Evagrius of Pontus, earlier from the third and fourth century, and other church fathers have famously said that to pray truly is to be a theologian, and to be a theologian is to pray truly. What we're after here is not an elevation of mystical soul spirituality over our emotions and our mind. Our object here is to integrate all of the arenas of ourselves into a whole human being. And that's the vision here that Father Bear is working with. This is a theological or a spiritual anthropology. What does it mean to be human? Who am I? How did God initially intend me to function as a human being? The answers here might surprise you. A reading from chapter 7 of Becoming Human by Father John Bear, chapter 7. Fiat, let it be, as it is through his death that he conquered death, Christ has changed the use of death for all men and women throughout time. As St. Maximus the Confessor put it, when willingly submitted to the condemnation imposed on our passibility, that is, our passive subjection to suffering, he turned that very passibility into an instrument for eradicating sin and death, which is its consequence. Christ has provided, as St. Maximus explains, quote, another beginning and a second birth, Genesis, for human nature, which through the vehicle of suffering ends in the pleasure of the life to come, end quote. St. Maximus says, that by reaching out for pleasure without undergoing any prior labor or suffering, Adam introduced a form of pleasure that, in fact, culminates in pain. Eating for the sake of pleasure of eating leads to gluttony. An addiction to eating which produces pain when one can't soothe oneself by eating and 
likewise for all our other supposed pleasures. Yet this is a pain which is also educational, for it prompts us to reconsider how we relate to pleasure. On the other hand, by voluntarily undergoing the passion, the suffering of death, a death to which he was not liable, for no sin was to be found in him. Christ has turned this vicious cycle inside out, making death the beginning of new life. As St. Maximus puts it, death, once it has ceased having pleasure as its birth mother, that pleasure for which death itself became the natural punishment, clearly becomes the father of everlasting life. And in this way, St. Maximus continues, Christ has, quote, converted the use of death, end quote, so that, quote, the baptized acquires the use of death to condemn sin, which in turn mystically leads that person to divine and unending life, end quote. Rather than being passive and frustrated, victims of death and of the givenness of our mortality. In Christ, we can freely and actively use death in St. Maximus's striking phrase. And in so doing, we will transcend the limitations of the life into which we have been born, in which we have found ourselves through no choice of our own, the existence in which Whatever we do, we die. In and through Christ, we now have the possibility of freely using the givenness of our mortality to be reborn by choice, so coming to be in a life without end. And only now does freedom not necessity, become the basis for a truly human existence in Christ. This is a new existence, beginning with an act of freedom, that of Christ voluntarily going to his passion, converting the use of death for all. And in this way, he enables us to start over freely by following him. This becomes sacramentally once and for all in his baptism, where the baptized commit themselves to dying to Adam and to living in Christ, being, quote, born from above, from the water and the spirit, end quote, John 3, 3 and 5. And it is continued or renewed thereafter 
throughout the whole of life by, quote, taking up the cross and following Christ, Matthew 16, 24. This baptismal life is nourished by the body and the blood of Christ himself, continuing to participate in the broken bread with the disciples on the road to Emmaus, and in so doing, quote, proclaiming his death until he comes. 1 Corinthians 11.26 And as Adam was a, quote, type of the one to come, end quote, Romans 5.14, the breath of life which animated Adam prefigures the gift of the Spirit given to the baptized as a pledge, a first taste of the fullness of the life-creating power of the Spirit, already rendering Christians spiritual. Even now, as they begin to put to death the desires of the flesh and to begin instead to live in the gifts of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. This new use of death is not an act of desperation bringing about the end or an act of passive submission to victimization resigning oneself to one's fate it is rather the beginning of new life for the baptized and for those around them a new mode of existence in Christ rather than in Adam manifest in the baptism Yet it is so only to the extent that they actively take up the cross, that is, no longer live for themselves in an egocentric mode of life, but rather live ecstatically beyond themselves for their neighbors and for God. Through Christ's work, we need no longer be passive victims of the mortality into which we have been thrown. For now we can actively use death as the beginning of a new mode of life, a birth into existence as a human being.
The deep wisdom here is that we cannot recognize Jesus apart from his death. To become the consummate human being is to be someone who actively and willingly participates in death. You may have given up some pleasure, some distraction for this 40 days of Lent. And now that discipline is coming to an end. But before you let go of that fast, that emptying, that separating yourself from a pleasure, before you finish that, stop and consider the goodness of dying, the goodness of saying no, the goodness of confining yourself. We're not saying that the earth and pleasures are evil. We're not here to make enemies of the created world. What we are saying is that in and through our tastes, our work, our earthly loves, through the beauty of the arts and nature, in and through that, and even beyond that, there is a higher and a wider and a deeper arena through which we access the resurrection life of God. And saying that there is more beyond is not belittling our human existence. It is, in fact, expanding and defining the original intention of our existence, of what and who God created us to be, that this earth and the things of this earth do not completely define us. That we were by design intended to also have this God-open self and to live into that God-dependent self requires us to die. And it's only through my death that I truly become myself. Amen. So this year's set of cohorts for the School of Prayer is indeed sadly coming to a close here pretty soon at the beginning of May. It has been an enriching experience for me, uh, especially since I've not been able to be in the prison with my brothers at E.C. Brooks Correctional for over a year. Uh, the School of Prayer has offered me indeed a uh, 
a community for my own discernment as even as I facilitate our group practices and our reading and our uh, spirituality of study. And so with the goodness of the school of prayer, we have discerned the momentum of that creative work is leading us to, to launch the School of Contemplative Listening next fall, which is a two-year practicum in spiritual direction. The mission of the School of Prayer is a study and practice of a rule of life and then the mission for the School of Contemplative Listening is a study and practice of spiritual direction at the vital intersection of contemplation and justice. So the idea here now is that the School of Prayer is the year of discernment for folks who are interested in becoming spiritual directors. We are hoping that applicants will have gone through the school of prayer or something similar and some other programs that I understand to be good year investments in spiritual formation would be the Dominican Center's Foundations and Christian Spirituality and then some of my friends have been through the Soul Care Institute which has a couple different uh, cohorts and locations. Anyone from Ranavare who's done their spirituality institute. If you're interested in a distance program in spiritual direction and have questions, please go to theinvitationcenter.org. It's the website that pops up, or you can still use invitationpodcast.org. You can go to Contemplation is a tab there, and then you'll see underneath there both the details for the School of Prayer and the School of Contemplative Listening. I am also incredibly giddy about the first annual invitation family camp that will be offered on August 4th here in West Michigan. It's down at my friend's organic farm the black sheep shelter it's in Pullman Michigan so this is on a Wednesday in the middle of the week and I have a dear friend who's now going to be on the board who is also a chef and a caterer and she is designing a menu for my farmer friend to make sure he plants all the right vegetables so that on this Wednesday sometime around early afternoon the families and participants can gather to both harvest the veg and then work with the chef rachel to prep the veg and we'll have a big feast i hope it's i hope i hope i hope it's a end of quarantine celebration party and underneath this is the question for our families to consider one of the core ideas of the invitation is that prayer is not so much about our ability to get God's attention as much as prayer is about God's ability to get 
my attention, to get our attention. So we're going to discuss that in food and uh, the earth and some other art, some uh, just time outside. How is God using creation and our families to get our attention? What does that mean then for how we can facilitate contemplative practices even for our kids and in our marriages. So the kicker is that this is uh, an opportunity that's only available if you have been in the School of Prayer or if you're planning, if you are enrolled in the School of Prayer for next fall or the School of Contemplative Listening for next fall. And we're having to do that because this is a community building for this contemplative community that's growing around the invitation. If you're someone who is like hearing about the family camp and you're just dying to be involved, I will surely uh, hear you out and find out your interest and get to know you. So send me an email about that too. So in terms of the podcast, I want to let you know what's coming up here. I have a spiritual conversation to share with you that I had with Cami Mann, who is a spiritual director here in West Michigan and a good friend of mine. And she's also the co-director, co-facilitator of the School of Contemplative Listening that I just mentioned as she and I begin to collaborate together. I just want to introduce her well to you so you can get to know more about the goodness of God that is in Cami. I will also be releasing a few co-releases with The Awakening. The Awakening is a summer arts and worship camp that I serve as the director of discipleship. And one of the on-running conversations for the invitation is this question of formation for teenagers. So maybe three episodes that I'll be putting together. And one of them has a fantastic conversation I had with Kenda Creasy-Dean. She is a professor of church and youth ministry at Princeton. uh, Shortly around maybe middle January, I was tooling around there on Facebook, and you know how the Facebook place can offer us suggestions of people we should befriend. So I'm minding my own business, looking around Facebook, and here I see pop up a recommendation that I should befriend Latorius Willis. No doubt, if you have listened to much of The Invitation, you've heard me mention Latorius. If you want to go back to episode 33, you can hear my friend Micah Matthews, who had been into the prison with me, talk about my friendship with Latorius. But yes, uh, Latorius is one of my dearest friends and brothers from E.C. Brooks, who was released from prison uh, into a federal institution 
about eight months uh, before, so it would have been almost a year and a half ago, and then was officially released in December. And then, lo and behold, he shows up on Facebook. So another episode that I can't wait to both record, produce, and release for you ASAP is a conversation with Latorius. I haven't been able to see him, um, but we are trying to find a date and a time for us to get together. And uh, there'll likely be some video footage of it as well. He's one of the most beautiful and delightful humans I have known. And then finally, I'd like to note that at some point in uh, probably late spring, early summer, we will be beginning a summer book study working through a new book that was just released called Reparations, A Christian Call for Repentance and Repair. This book was written by a friend of mine from college, Greg Thompson, and co-written by Duke Kwan. And this is going to be a very, very important book, not just to the invitation, but I believe to the church in North America. So I am going to be um, facilitating, I hope, a national conversation about this very important book. So if that's something that pulls on your heartstrings, that is stirring inside you some action towards justice, I hope you can both uh, pay attention to the updates for when we launch that, that you will buy the book and uh, join in on this journey. And so this, of course, leads me uh, to point out there is so much to say about this relationship between contemplation and justice. This was a, a value, a, an ache that has been ratcheted up for the invitation since, honestly, since the death of George Floyd and all that we went through last summer. I had thought that I had a grasp on justice. I'd been already serving in a prison for six years. I had been writing and thinking about this, but there's something deeply powerful that has happened, not just in me, but I believe in our country. And I also believe that is going to happen in the church. And there might be some of you out there listening who still don't feel very comfortable with the vocabulary of justice. And with this book on reparations, it's specifically calling out white supremacy. And I have done that here on this podcast. And you might be concerned about this combination between prayer and politics. And I just want to encourage you to think about justice, not in terms of the partisanship between left and right, between liberal and conservative, but to think about justice as it describes God's very character and the kind of disciples that he wants us to become. So for the invitation, as we 
straddle and we move between contemplation and justice, we're really talking about our design as human beings. This is a theological anthropology. And this is why we're leading into this book by Father Baird. That on one hand, there is my God capacity as a human being, my ability to worship and pray and to go into contemplation and rest my mind and heart and my body and open the depths of my soul being to God's presence. That's one part of my humanity. And what we're saying is that prayer is the most human activity that I can attend to. So that's my Godward self. But then what do I say about how my body and my mind and my emotions exist on this earth? That is the realm of justice. But then we remember that righteousness in the scriptures can be also translated justice. All we're simply saying is that when we pray, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When we're, we're praying and then joining in God, joining with God in his kingdom building activities, that we are about justice. We're about making wrong things right. So that's, again, our contemplation, our worship, our transcendent longings, and then justice, our imminent, our earthly, our placingness, our ability to cooperate with our neighbors. And yes, that does have political ramifications, but we as people of God do not need to get lost in the anxiety of what we have reduced politics to be in our national discourse here. And I do confess that I have been guilty of that. If you know me well, I'm not saying that I am above reproach with that. I'm describing realities that I hope to lean into. So thanks for listening. It is a joy and an honor to serve you. If you've not already subscribed to the Invitation Podcast, you can find a link to get on our mailing list at theinvitationcenter.org. It is a gift and an honor to journey with you. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Amen.